Good morning. Thank you for joining us here at Vertical Church in Ovilla, Texas, as we dive into our next message in the I Know a Ghost series. I know a ghost, and he shows me how to pray. Thanks for joining. People like to talk about who they know. Some say they know a celebrity. Some say they know a professional athlete. I guess they think that who they know makes them someone. I don't really know any celebrities. I don't really know anyone that's wealthy. My story's a little different. But it is the truth. Who you know does make you someone. You see, I know a ghost. Woo! Yes! Yeah, I'm so glad you're here today. So yesterday was Ovilla Heritage Day. We were in the parade and uh, our band was on a trailer coming through town and we were playing that song, I Know a Ghost. We were in our shirts, passed on information about the church. And so um, at the beginning, they have judges that go around and judge all of the floats and entries into the parade. And for the past couple of years, we have won the Mayor's Choice Award. So I'm assuming that's a good thing. It's not like, you know, consolation prize or something. But this year was different. And I thought, how fitting that this year the prize and award that we would get would be the most spirit. We were the most with the ghost, yeah? That is awesome. So, uh, yeah, we had a great time yesterday, met a lot of people, and uh, here we are today to learn more about this ghost. We've been on a journey for a couple of weeks now, thinking about the Holy Spirit, the ghost who is present in our lives, not just present, but in us. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, he has come to dwell inside you. He has actually become one with you. Yeah, we're going to talk more about that today. So it's funny, uh, it's funny, sad, really, about this world today and their fascination with the world beyond and that there is this other realm and people who believe in ghosts, not necessarily maybe the Holy Ghost, but in ghosts, they go to great lengths to try to understand and communicate with that realm. They want to try to hear them, see them, and so they actually produce this equipment where they can maybe see a ghost, some kind of electronic cameras and all this kind of stuff, or special microphones that will hopefully help them pick up the sound or trace of a ghost. Sadly, there's never anything, right? Oh, you've seen some maybe? Yeah, well, here's the deal. You may have experienced what you thought was a ghost. You may have heard some stories about some ghost. You have maybe had some creepy things happen in your house. I've talked to some of you who've told me stories about weird stuff that happens in a house that you've been in. I've heard stories like that from our own family. I don't deny that those things are not real. They are real, but let me assure you this. There are no such things as ghosts, the disembodied spirits of men and women who roam this earth looking to haunt someone else, but what there are are evil spirits who masquerade as ghosts and who will make you think that you have something like a ghost in your house when in fact it may be something much more sinister and it is our goal as believers in Jesus Christ to not make ourselves students of that realm but only to the degree that you and I know and fully comprehend that the only thing we need to know about those evil spirits is that they were defeated at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They have no power in our lives except for what we yield to. So we stand today as believers in this place to say, I will not be fooled, duped, masqueraded by those evil spirits. There is one ghost I want to know, and that is the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. So we continue our journey today. There are a lot of things that set Christianity apart from other religions. But one of those that sets us uniquely apart is that we are the only one who has the essence of the God we worship 
come and dwell in us, to love us, assure us, and work through us. There is no other like that. So I am grateful that as a follower of Jesus Christ, he has made me and you, if that is the case for you, you have become the house of the ghost. He dwells in you. Amen? Amen. We've been learning about what it means to uh, hear ghosts, talk ghosts, walk ghosts, be led by the ghost. And today we're going to talk about what it means to pray ghost. To pray, as the Bible says, in the spirit at all times, the scripture says. To be in a place where we know how to pray ghost. So if you want to turn your Bibles with me this morning, I'm going to be in Romans 8, is where we're going to walk along today, see what the scripture has to say, what God has to say to us. I'm going to have some of the verses on screen, and there's going to come a point where I'm just going to depart from the screen, and we're just going to go, I have this thing here called an old-fashioned Bible, and uh, it has pages in it, believe it or not, and I'm going to read from it today as we get toward the end of our message. But let's talk about uh, Romans 8 for just a moment, because... Uh, Romans 8 and the whole book of Romans is a, is a book rich in doctrinal truth that teaches us and instructs us in the ways of our God. And they are high and lofty ways that he makes known to us by his ghost. In Romans chapter 8, the apostle Paul is teaching about what it means to know this ghost, to walk in this ghost, to pray in this ghost. And what he leads us to is a place that's deeper than just our minds, that's deeper than just our emotions. So here's the challenge this morning. I'm going to challenge you to go deeper than just what your own mental constructs will allow. You've got a way that you think and you analyze and perceive life. Look, if you're going to walk by faith, you're going to have to trust in something bigger than what you can figure out with your own mind. And I'm going to challenge you to go to someplace deeper and farther than your own emotions. If you want to walk by faith, you're going to have to get past what you feel. Faith is bigger than your feelings, and faith is bigger than what you can perceive in your own mind. Okay, so I'm telling you, we're going to a deeper place today. Put your scuba gear on, we're going deeper, okay? We're going to dive in deep, and where Scripture's going to take us is to a level that's deeper than the mind, deeper than the emotions. It's the level of spirit, okay? It's the level that's at the core of who you really are. It's the core of who you are when no one else is around. It's the core of who you are that goes beyond what other people think of you. This is you. This is core you. And at this level... There are a lot of voices who are talking. There's a lot of activity at this level. There are voices from the past that are talking. There's the voice of the world that's talking. And the voice of God is talking at this level. So it's important that you tune in, that you dial in and get right on the channel of spirit level and hear what God has to say this morning. When I was driving around in my 1975 Nova back in the day, before there was digital radio that took you to the exact whatever station it was. 92.5 for me back in the day was that channel. Okay. Oh, come on now. All right. You're here. All right. So, but back in the Nova, before there was, for me, digital, there was a dial. And you dialed that radio until it, until all the noise stopped and you knew I'm on the channel now. I'm going to hear in stereo. That's where we're headed today. We're going to hear God speak in stereo today. So tune in with me. Dial in to God today. Dial out every other voice. Dial out your past, your accusations, your fears. Dial that stuff out, that static that will get in the way today. Are you with me to go that direction? All right, let's go. We're going to start in verse 15. Here's what the Apostle Paul says about this ghost voice and how we pray in that channel. Verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption 
of whom we cry out, Abba, Father. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, a new spirit came in you. Something brand new happened. You all of a sudden were filled with new desire, new interests, new path, and new direction in your life. It is not the same old spirit that you used to walk in. Before you knew who Jesus Christ was, you walked in a spirit of fear. You walked in a spirit of uncertainty. What would happen to me if I die? What will happen to me based on what other people think about me? What's going to happen to me based on the things I've done? You just walk in a continual spirit of fear. Everything about you is consumed by that. And Paul says, look, if you're going to understand this ghost, if you want to know what it means to know him, walk in him, talk in him, and pray in him, then you're going to have to separate the voices. And here's the first separator. When you hear the static You're hearing the voice of the world. It's a voice from outside. It's a voice of bondage. It's a voice that leads you back to a place of fear. If I want to start separating out the voices in my head, all the stuff that's going on, all the thoughts, and I'll just be honest with you, it's happened this morning. I woke up today, like I do every Sunday, and all of a sudden, I started being plagued with some thoughts that I hadn't thought in a while. I thought, now this is odd. And I wrestled for a little while. I sat there early, praying, sorting through it all, trying to analyze it, see where it came from, what was it all about. And I had to come to this place right here. That voice that I was hearing was trying to get me to a place of fear. And I said, I'm not going to listen to this voice anymore. I'm going to stop trying to analyze it, figure it out, because it's not for my mind to figure out. It's for my spirit to receive. Come on now. And so what I had to do was say, I have not received that spirit from God. I have not received a spirit that makes me fear, that puts me in a place of bondage. I have come to receive a ghost in me who cries out something very different. This ghost inside me causes me to say, Father, I belong to you. Father, you have accepted me. Father, you have sent your son for me. Father, you have have made me clean by what Jesus has done for me. Father, you've raised me up. Father, you are my protection, my provision. You are the one who I belong to. You're the one who cares for me. That is the spirit of adoption. I once was outside. I've been brought inside. I once was far away. I've been brought near. And this is the sound of the ghost. And it's important that you learn to hear that voice. It's important that you learn how to separate that voice from all the other voices you got to take the voices and the spirit that comes in that brings you to a place of fear that says, you can't trust that God. Those people don't like you. You won't ever be anything. You'll never amount to much. You just need to give in to this fear. You just need to give in to that trouble. You're never going to be anything. That is the spirit of bondage that brings you back to a place of fear. Do you see the separation already this morning? Do you see how you have to dial in? If you're going to walk, talk, and pray, spirit, ghost, you want to pray in the spirit, as the New Testament teaches, then you've got to first know what that spirit sounds like. And that spirit comes inside, and it connects you with your Father. And it makes you say what in the Greek would be, Daddy. Not just, oh, thou exalted fatherists, but something much more personal, something much more close, something much more intimate that you whisper up close to your God. Dad, Dad, I need you. This is where we start today. This is how you separate the spirit of the world from the spirit of truth. Mm. Let's move on. Verse 16, it says, The Spirit himself, this ghost who is in you, he bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, this ghost has come to dwell in you, and there begins a conversation inside you, a conversation that starts from him, 
And he speaks to us deep in our spirit, deep inside who we are. And it says that he bears witness. Okay? That's some New King James language for he confirms, he agrees, he causes you to connect with this spirit deep in you that says, I am a child of God. Mm. In that moment, you connect at a level that goes beyond anything else. This is something that happens when you're in a place maybe even of great struggle. And all of the doubts are coming in. All the struggles are out there. And in that moment, you connect with this ghost inside. And he speaks deeply to you. And he says, in the midst of all you're in right now, in the midst of what other people are saying, you belong to me. You are my child. You see, if you're tuning into that voice, then you're starting to get onto the ghost channel. 92-point ghost. Are you with me? Are you with me this morning? Now, my guess is, and it really is not a guess, my reality is that right now you're having to do that. Right this moment. You're having to make some decisions about what you're listening to on your dial because those voices are active right now, right this moment. And I'm challenging you again, dial out all the other voices. The ghost is speaking today. And if he's in you, he is speaking inside you. And he's saying, here I am. I am the one who connects you to the Father. And you are a child of God now. Now that you know me, now that you hear me, listen to what I have to say. Verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And the scripture just takes us deeper. Takes us deeper to hear the voice of the ghost. And he says here, in this life, there will be times of suffering. I love the honesty of scripture to not sugarcoat or pretend that in this life there are not struggles. Paul says, I consider, I recognize, I process that the sufferings that are present now, that are going on right this moment, that they do not compare with the glory that shall be, the glory that will be one day. I love what this verse says. If you look at it carefully, he says here at the end, with the glory which shall be revealed, and notice the sentence didn't end there. It didn't say revealed as though it was like, someday you'll see glory. Someday you'll be in heaven. Someday you'll be there. He says, no, this glory that's going to be revealed, it's going to be revealed in us. Mm. There's a glory inside of us that will be revealed. The work that God has done in redeeming you and causing you to be born again will one day become sight and you will have in you the grand glory of God revealed. All that has been promised in inheritance, all that has been promised by faith, all that he has begun will be completed, revealed, and it will be shown in us. What a glory that will be one day. But the point here, Paul says, is, you know, there is that day, but right now there is this day. And in this day, we will face some struggles. There'll be some moments where we're not there yet, where we're having to believe the promises because we haven't seen the fullness of it yet. We're having to believe by faith because we haven't seen the reality yet. I'm having to trust God through the middle of some things because I haven't got to the end yet. And it's in the middle that you really have to grow in your faith. Because in the middle is where you're straining. In the middle is where there's pain. In the middle, you're having to believe and trust God because what's happening in the moment isn't all that bright. And you're having to trust him in the midst 
of the sufferings. Can anybody relate? Everybody in this room, everybody in this room has a point in your life in which you're walking through a struggle right now. I don't have to be a mystic to know that. We just have to be people and be honest with each other. Is that not true? It's true, every one of us. You've got some part in your life right now where you're, you say, man, this stuff right here, this hurts. I'm going through it. I'm not on the other side yet. I struggle. I'm weak. Sometimes I lose more than I win. Sometimes I'm not winning at all. I'm in the struggle. I'm having to go through it. And Paul says, there's coming a day. But right now, you're in the struggle. It helps knowing there's coming a day. It helps knowing there'll be a time when faith will be made sight. That helps. But Paul's not finished. Remember, we're going deeper. So let's see what else helps. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Hmm. Have you ever been in a moment where the pain was so great, the struggle so real, that you really didn't even know how to pray in that moment? Hello? Yeah. Me too. I've been in those moments where I thought, well, I don't even, I don't even know what to pray, God. I, I don't know to pray. Pray this will get better soon. Or pray that I'll learn all the lessons from it. Or pray, I don't know what even to pray. I don't know whether to pray, God, take me home and out of this mess. Or keep me here and help me walk through this mess. I don't even know. And sometimes the pain gets to that place. Sometimes the struggle gets that real. That your mind doesn't even know what to do. There's so many choices, so many options, so much, so, so cloudy, so painful. You don't even know what to say, think, feel. You sure don't even know how to even ask God for what to do in it. And scripture gets very real and says, in that moment, when you don't even know how to pray, that the ghost steps in. We've had some moments as part of our church family this week that uh, have led some folks to a place of, I, I'm just so caught off guard by the moment, I don't even know what to do. This past Thursday morning, I, was, uh, I talked to Phil Lynch on the phone, and good conversation, hang up, bye. Within next 30 minutes, I get a text from him, and he says, I'm in the ambulance with Miss Carol, his wife, and we're headed to the hospital, possible stroke. I just, I just kept looking at that, and I just thought, what? What? And I was just kind of stunned, and then I began to tell others that were there in the office, and quickly we rushed down to the hospital to see what's going on, and um, it's one of those moments where you just, you're in shock. You're kind of stunned. You're like, what? What's happening here? What? I'm not sure even what to say. I'm not sure what to, what to do next. I'm grateful that the ghost showed up in their life this week because uh, by the time that day was over, they had diagnosed that she did have a, a minor light stroke. They gave her medication, sent her home, and she's home watching us live this morning right now with Phil. So I'm grateful. <clears throat> She, um, and let me find the text. Phil sent me a text this morning. He called me today, and he said, uh, you're welcome to share this with the people. He said, Miss um, Carol so wanted to be with us all this morning to celebrate in person what God has done for her since Thursday morning. He said, um, the new medication is helping her body to adjust when the stroke hit about 8.30, uh, Miss Carroll took an aspirin. He put another one under her tongue. They, they started off to go to the hospital. And Phil says, sped to the hospital. They were starting to speed to the hospital. He said, and in that moment, they heard the ghost say, wait, go to the fire station. So they pulled down to the fire station, and one of the uh, firefighter EMTs walked out that was one that they knew. 
So when it was apart, even here, a vertical, Paul Hoban. And he came out and began to help uh, Miss Carol. The chief came out and uh, said, uh, we need to go to the uh, trauma center, stroke trauma center. And Phil wanted to jump in his car and go. And uh, he said, no, let's still do that. Let me get an ambulance here, and we'll go in the ambulance. And God worked all that out, got them there, and um, they are grateful today. Phil told me on the, mo- on the phone this morning that they were both so grateful to be part of a church family that has uh, prayed for and loved them in the process. So, uh, hi, Miss Carol and Phil. And we are grateful for what God has done in healing you. But those moments come up like that where it's just like, oh, wait a minute, this wasn't what I had on my day. This wasn't on the schedule. This wasn't in the plan. Um, you remember last week, uh, I had my two marching friends up here. We're doing our marching band illustration, Lana. Um, her dad went in for surgery this past week, and that surgery did not go as they planned. And there's been resulting uh, pain, swelling, and still in the hospital. And so there's another situation where that wasn't what was planned. In this life, there are struggles. In this room and in this church family, there are many others who are walking through some struggle right now. You're at a place, maybe it's not something physical, maybe it's something relational. Maybe it's something deep inside you that maybe no one else even knows about. Maybe it's some struggle you're walking through. And this truth teaches us that in that moment, The ghost is there to help. Now, we're going to find out how, because that's important. This is not just theory talk. This is reality, truth for us today. You get into that moment where you don't know what to do, how to feel, what to think. The ghost is present. Look at verse 26, the second half. Here's what it says. But the Spirit himself, this ghost... He makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When you're at your place where you don't know what to do, what to say, where to go, he says, in that moment, know this, that the ghost is active. He is at work. And what he is doing is he is making intercession. In other words, he is asking on your behalf He is going when you don't know how to get up and go. He is speaking when you don't know what to say. He is praying when you don't even know what to pray. But I want to be clear on something. This ghost is not somewhere far removed off somewhere else praying for you. He's not in heaven somewhere praying for you. He's not off in some other church praying for you. The ghost has one place that he exists in, and it is within the hearts of those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. So when the ghost is praying, he is praying from in you. Oh, this changes some things. He's not praying somewhere far away. He's praying from deep inside you where he is. The way scripture records it here, it says that he's making intercession for us. He says, with groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, he's praying when you don't know what to pray. He's moving in you when you don't even know how to feel. And the way it comes out from us, from inside where he is, is sometimes it just sounds like this. Mm. Mm. You ever been in that moment before? When you're hurt so desperately, when a loved one has died, when pain has taken over, when that sudden moment of loss happens, when you get that news you weren't expecting to get, when that information comes and you don't even know how to process it, in that moment, all you can do is just hurt. All you can do is just groan. All you can do is just be silent. He says, in that moment, 
When you are desperate and you don't know what to say, he knows everything to say. And he is praying. You are not alone in that moment. You are not forgotten in that moment. You are not forsaken in that moment. He is in you. And when you're in that moment and there's a part of you that says, God, I I want to do what's right, but I don't even know what is right. That's the ghost in you. When you're in that moment and you say, God, I I just want, I don't even know. That's ghost in you. In that moment when you're wanting to connect with him, when you want to be heard, That's ghost moving in you. You've got to learn to recognize that and not dismiss it, not deny it, and not think you're alone in your struggle because he's not removed. He's in you, and he's moving. He's praying. He's active, and sometimes it comes out as just silence. Sometimes it just comes out as tears. Sometimes it just comes out as ache. Sometimes it just comes out as just desperate wailing before God. That is the ghost praying through you. He's talking back to the Father. He's crying out on your behalf. He knows what to pray. Look at verse 27. It says, now he, keep this straight as we go through this. There's going to be several dimensions of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and Spirit listed here. Keep these straight. Now he who searches the hearts, the Father, knows what the mind of the Spirit, the ghost, is. They know each other. Because the ghost comes from the Father. The Father doesn't wonder what the Spirit is thinking. He knows exactly what he's thinking because it's him. Amen? Guys, wouldn't it be awesome if there was a way to take the Spirit that's inside your wife and somehow put it inside you and always know what she was thinking and feeling? Yeah, all the women said amen. The guy said, no, please, no, please, no, please. No, it would be an awesome thing. If you could know exactly what they were thinking and feeling, what they were going through to be able to interpret it and like, oh, okay, that's what that means. But we don't have that. But what we do have is the ghost of God who's in me and they know each other very, very well. There's no miscommunication, no misguidance, no uncertainty. They know each other very, very well. Because, here it is, he, the ghost, makes intercession, cries out for, the saints, us, according to the will of God. The ghost inside knows exactly what to pray when you don't. And it's, see, here's what happens. You get in the middle of your struggle and you start thinking, no one understands me. No one knows where I've been. No one gets what I'm walking through right now. Oh, yes, they do. Oh, yes. There's a ghost who dwells in you, who knows you. He knows the Father. And he, when he prays, he's praying for exactly what you need. Because he knows what the Father wants. You ever wondered, okay, God, what is your will for my life? Hello? Yeah, I have. In that moment, you can know. The ghost knows, and he knows exactly how to pray for you. So you can, you can come to a place where you take a deep breath and just rest. Stop the panic. Stop the pressure. Stop the stress. Stop trying to make it all happen on your own. Stop being filled with fear. Stop letting depression rule you. Because the ghost is praying for you. He knows exactly what you need. Hmm. He prays according to the will of God. He prays for exactly what we need. He knows when we need it. And he's praying that we will get in line with what he has for us. Now, this is where I'm going off screen for just a moment. If you have a Bible where it's an app or it looks like this... 
Follow me in Romans 8, because what happens next in this passage is what I love. He's going to give us a behind-the-scenes look at what the Spirit knows, what the Spirit prays, and what the Spirit wants us to know, what the ghost wants, wants us to realize, and what you and I are going to have to know if you truly want to pray in the ghost. Amen? All right. So turn with me to, let's start down in verse 28. We're going to look at 28 through 39. I'm going to finish it out here. And let me just say this. Let me get over here so I can say it to everybody. This passage we're looking at is one conversation that Paul is having with us. It's not separate conversations. You may have heard these two passages in different settings because sometimes preachers chop it up and talk about this, then come back and talk about that. I want to talk about it in context today in the whole conversation. Let's don't misunderstand what God's saying here. You want to know ghost? You want to pray ghost? You want to know what he's saying? You want to know how he prays? You want to know how to get yourself in line? You want to know how to march and beat with him? Hello? From last week? Then here is what... You do. You know this. Verse 28. And we know. Here are some things we know. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called, I'm sorry, the called according to his purpose. Oh, here's something I need to know. If I'm going to pray in the ghost, I got to know what the ghost knows. I want to say what the ghost says. And the ghost says, your life is not random. Your life is not, some, is not at someone else's hands. Your life has been designed, arranged, and planned by a wise and loving God. There is no thing that comes into your life that has not come by his hand. The good and the struggle. Mm. The good and the struggle. We know these things. This helps me pray differently. If I don't know this, I pray in panic mode. If I know this, I pray with a little bit different level of confidence. Verse 29, he says, For whom he foreknew, knew before, knew before you knew you, knew before anybody else knew you, knew before your parents knew about you, knew knew before anybody else, he foreknew you. He also predestined, pre-planned, arranged, designed that you would be conformed to the image of his son, that you would walk through life and as you know him or fill with him, you would walk in him and he would use events in your life to cause you to have greater faith and look more like Jesus. It's true. That thing that's happening in your life right now that you're struggling through, you think that is the issue. You think that is the deal. Here's the deal. The deal is not the deal. That thing that you think is the deal is not. God's just using that deal to cause you to increase your faith. He's using it to cause you to trust him some more. He's causing it to cause you to be more like Jesus. He predestined that all things would work together so that you'd be conformed to the image of his son. Did you see that? He planned that. That he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren. So that he might be the firstborn child. The firstborn. You know, they're very loyal to their parents. It's true. If you have multiple children, you've noticed this. Firstborn. They have some attributes about them that are different than all the others. But this verse says that Jesus was just the first. He's going to have some brothers and sisters are going to follow him. Who? Us. You, you're the brothers and sisters of Jesus. He was just the firstborn. There was going to be a lot more. That's us. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. What? This is the whole plan of God. He calls us. He makes us righteous by what Jesus has done. We believe in him. And he takes us all the way to a place of glory where he unlocks the mystery in us. And you say, whoo, that's awesome. For those who understand what in the world is he even talking about? 
You say, I don't feel very justified and glorified. I hear you. It's not about how you feel. It's about what you choose to believe. And this is what the ghost is praying for you. The ghost is saying, Father, help them not rely upon their feelings all the time. Father, help them see what you've made them. Father, could you open their eyes so that they'd see how loved they are, what you have for them, and that that thing they're going through right now is not really the whole thing. The whole thing is that they love you more. That's what, I, that's what the ghost is praying for you. Let's move on. Verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God's for us, who can be against us? You see, that's one of those truths right there that should cause us to go, amen, hello, you know, thumbs up, like, whatever you want to say. This is one of those set free truths. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on now. If God is for us, who can be against us? That thing that you think is against you, who can be against us? That person that you think is against you, who can be against you? That situation that you think is against you, who can be against you? Because God is for you. What are you doing getting afraid of them, getting afraid of that, getting afraid of your circumstances? If God is for you, who can be against you? If he's redeemed you, if he's called you, if he's made you right, if he's going to glorify you and has glorified you, what could be against you? Is there a trial that could be something that's really against you? It could appear that way. But if God is for you, what does it matter? He can overcome it. He has something bigger in it. He rules over that. If God is for us, who can be against us? Hmm. Okay. Verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You see, if this God, if he gave his most prized possession, why would he withhold anything else from us? There's nothing else. You don't have to fear asking him for what you need. And I'm not talking about a car, a house, and groceries. I'm talking about true spiritual riches, which are greater than all those things. I'm talking about you need some faith and some hope. You need some grace and some peace. You need some joy. You need some confidence. You need to be built up in your faith. Ask that, and he'll give it to you freely. You keep asking for your trivial toys along the way. You're going to wonder, how come I don't get my toys? Because you're asking for the wrong thing to begin with. Let's go on here. Verse 33, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It's Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. He's praying too. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And the answer is nothing can. Nothing can separate us. Nothing has come into your life that has the power to separate God's love from you. So why do we keep entertaining the thoughts that say, I really think God has left me. I really think God's against me. In fact, I've stopped even kind of thinking about God. What? Come on. If God is for us, who could be against us? Get your faith in action. Start believing this truth when you're going through your struggle. Verse 36, that is, as it is written, for your sake we're killed all the day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, yet in the midst of what you're going through, yet in the struggle of your job, yet in the struggle with your emotions, yet in your depression, yet in your fear, yet in all that's going on in your life, yet in all those things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We get to a place where I know, look, he's predestined me, he's planned for me, and even when I'm not feeling it, he's got a ghost in me praying for me. He's calling out through me. He's praying for me, he's praying in me, and he's praying through me. Sometimes I don't know what to pray, but it sounds like, mm, and that's him praying through me. I'm groaning. I'm struggling, but he's praying. Verse 38, for I am persuaded. 
that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, there's nothing that can separate you. And your ability to have confidence in the midst of your struggle, your ability to pray in the ghost starts here. That you can say to him, Dad, nothing can separate you from that. So, let me think about something for just a moment here with you. We know that this ghost is not in us like we are Motel 6, Ramada Inn, or whatever hotel chain you want to choose. He hasn't come to take up a weekend stay in us. He has come to put himself in us and make us one with him. Amen? We have the imagery in Scripture that says when that happens, we are born again. We become like a new person, a new child that grows up in faith. When a, when a mom and dad conceive and a child is born, they have, that child has some a mom and some a dad. Amen? And they are made a new life. Can you go in and separate mom and dad from inside them? No. Because they have been fused together now as one. They are a new creation. You, if you have been born again, put your faith in Christ, you became a new and living creation. The Spirit of God and the Word of God came alive, boom, in you. And together you became something you had not been before. New drive, new life. And can they and you be separated now? No. Because you have become one in them. That place of confidence that says, Abba, Father, Dad. That place of confidence that says, Nothing can separate me. That place of confidence that says, all things are working together for good because I have made, been made to love my God. That kind of confidence is how you know to pray in the Spirit. That's how you know that you're praying in the Spirit because you're praying with the confidence of knowing who you are. You pray knowing who you belong to. You pray knowing what has been promised to you. And you pray in that confidence. And you pray believing that. That is praying in the Spirit. That is praying with that confidence of faith even when you don't even see it in its full reality yet. It's praying with faith knowing those things are true. So that when I get in my moment where I don't know, where I'm struggling, where I'm hurting. I cry out, and it may be deep within me. It may be a place that I can't even comprehend or explain, but I know these things are true. And when the Spirit starts praying these things for me, I listen. I hear him. I don't hear what I'm saying I'm hearing what he's saying because he's reminding me who I am. And in that moment, I start aligning myself with what he is saying. I don't let panic and fear take over my life because that's not what he's saying. I don't let confusion and doubt fill my mind because that's not what he's saying. I align myself with what he's praying for me. This is how you pray in the Spirit. And this is what you and I are called to. This is where we're called to walk by faith and not by our feelings. This is where we're called to walk by faith and not by what we can assess and figure out in our own mind. This is where we choose to align ourselves with what God says. Amen? 
This is the choice. This is the work of faith. And this is where you align yourself with what God is saying to you. So I'd say some closing things to us today. When you don't know what to pray, it's okay to just be silent before God and listen. When you don't know what to pray and all you can do is cry and moan and weep, it's okay. In fact, it's necessary to do that. And when you pray, make it your goal to listen to the ghost more than you being heard. Listen to him speak to you. Listen to him speak peace to you. Listen to him speak love to you. Listen to him reminding you of who you are. Listen to him reminding you that he is in sovereign control of your life and agree with him. Mm. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, this morning, we all acknowledge that in this life, there's struggle. There's difficulty. There's times we don't know what to think, what to feel, or even what to pray. But we acknowledge that your ghost lives inside us. He knows exactly what to pray. He has not left us alone. And he prays for us according to your will. He prays we might know truth, that our eyes might be open, that our heart might be open, that we might walk in that truth. So this morning, we come to do that, to align ourselves, to hear your spirit, to walk in it, to talk in it, to be led by it, and to pray in it, that we might be a people who are ghost people, who are driven, not by what we've accomplished, but what you've accomplished. Not by what we know, but what you know. And I'm grateful this morning that in the midst of our uncertainty, there is one thing we know with certainty, that we know a ghost. So, Father, this morning, reassure us. Speak to us. Pray through us. Show us. In the midst of our weakness, in the middle of our struggle, in that spot today, speak, pray, lead, guide. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Wow, what a powerful morning this morning in our I Know a Ghost series. I'm excited to incorporate this into my own prayer life as we dove into what it looks like to know a ghost and to have him show us how to pray. Thanks for joining us this morning. Please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we'll see you back here next week at 1030.